Today, more market falls are definitely possible. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Welcome to this post covering finance and property news with a distinctively Australian flavour. Well, some are saying that the markets are due to bounce considerably and hold their value because the inflation genie is being conquered. But investors who believe the bear market is over are ignorant, according to Lisa Shillett, Chief Investment Officer at Morgan Stanley Wealth. It's not that investors don't have some cause for optimism. Markets are soaring, corporate earnings are beating expectations, employment is strong and the Federal Reserve is easing its rate hikes. But those investors would be wrong, said Chalot. She believes a bigger drop is on its way as the Fed's rapid interest rate hikes reduce economic growth down the road. Investors, she said, haven't yet priced that hit to the economy into their stock prices. Unlike most of Wall Street, Shalott's team doesn't expect a rate cut anytime soon. They do, however, see increased interest rates as a long-term positive. Elevated rates will stop speculative zombie companies, debt-laden firms that don't make enough to even cover their interest payments, from procuring easy money and will create a shift in asset allocation that will lead to a new era of gains later, she said. Shalott predicts that the United States is on the brink of a productivity renaissance as the economy and markets restructure post-COVID. This will ignite a multi-year US capital investment cycle with focus shifting from finance and tech to semiconductors, automation and AI. And Shalott says that investors should prepare for these potential changes. Consumer tech companies like Apple, Amazon and Google have had a very tough 2022 but could rebound now that the Federal Reserve is easing up on interest rate hikes. And Shalott says in every era, there were companies that people said that they would never sell that were as dominant as Apple and Facebook and Google are today. There was a time when people said they would never sell their Exxon, for example, that they would never sell their IBM, that they would never sell their AT&T. That's the law of numbers. When a company gets to a certain size, it becomes impossible to keep growing at above average rates. How do you grow when you already have such a large percentage of the market share? This isn't about technology being a really important sector in the economy. It's just going to be different technologies. So the question then, of course, is how bad do you think the markets are going to get? Well, inflation is dangerous, she said, because it creates illusions. Companies raise their prices by 10% and management convinces themselves that they're doing a good job. They're not. All they did was to raise their prices by 10%. When all of a sudden they can't raise their prices by 10% anymore, the emperor has no clothes as exposed. That's going to hurt stocks and the economy. It's not going to feel good. She says investors should be setting portfolios up for a shift in leadership away from the great companies, but no longer great stocks of mega cap consumer tech, and towards areas like healthcare, energy, financials, enterprise tech and infrastructure. We're telling investors to avoid obvious brand names. If it has Tesla in the title, just walk away. And David Rosenberg, the former chief North American economist at Merrill Lynch, has been saying for almost a year that the Fed means business 
and investors should take the US central bank's efforts to fight inflation both seriously and literally. Rosenberg, now president of Toronto-based Rosenberg Research Associates, expects investors will face more pain in financial markets in the months to come. The recession's just getting started, Rosenberg said recently. The market bottoms typically in the sixth or seventh innings of this recession, deep into the Fed easing cycle. Investors can expect to endure more uncertainty leading up to the time, and it will come when the Fed first pauses its current run of interest rate hikes and then begins to cut. Fortunately for investors, the Fed's pause, and perhaps even cuts, will come in 2023, Rosenberg predicts. Unfortunately, he adds, the S&P 500 could drop 30% from its current level before that happens. You're left with the S&P 500 bottoming out somewhere close to 2,900, he said. At that point, Rosenberg added stocks will look attractive again, but that's a story for 2024. Rosenberg said that investors should consider a bullish 2024, but meanwhile he said they should wait for the much-anticipated Fed pivot and investors should make their own pivot for defensive sectors of the financial markets, including bonds, gold and dividend-paying stocks. Investor sentiment, he says, is out of line. The household sector is still enormously overweight on equities. There's a disconnect between how investors feel about the outlook and how they're actually positioned. They feel bearish, but they're still positioned bullishly. And that's a classic case of cognitive dissonance. We also have a situation where there's a lot of talk about recession and about how this is the most widely expected recession of all time. And yet the analyst community is still expecting corporate earnings growth to be positive in 2023. He said, in a plain vanilla recession, earnings go down about 20%. We've never had a recession where earnings were up at all. The consensus is that we are going to see corporate earnings expanding in 2023. So there's another glaring anomaly. We are being told this is a widely expected recession, and yet it's not reflected in earnings estimates, at least not yet. There's nothing right now in my collection of metrics telling me that we're anywhere close to a bottom. 2022 was the year where the Fed tightened policy aggressively, and that showed up in the marketplace in a compression in the price earnings multiple from roughly 22 to around 17. The story in 2022 was about what the rate hikes did to the market multiple. 2023 will be about what those rate hikes do to corporate earnings. So you are left with the S&P 500 bottoming out somewhere close to 2,900. And when you're attempting to be reasonable and come up with a sensible multiple of this market, given where the risk-free interest rate is now, and we can generously assume a roughly 15 price earnings multiple, then you slap that on a recession's earning environment, and you're left with the S&P 500 bottoming out somewhere close to that 2,900. The closer we get to that, the more I'll be recommending allocations to the stock market. If I was saying 3,200 before, there is a reasonable outcome that can lead you to something below 3,000. At 3,200, to tell you the truth, I would plan on getting a little more positive. This is just pure mathematics. All the stock market is at any point is an earnings multiplied by the multiple you want to apply to that earnings stream. That multiple is sensitive to interest rates. All we've seen is Act 1, multiple compression. We haven't yet seen the market multiple dip below the long-term mean which is closer to 16. You'll never have a bear market bottom 
with the multiple above the long-term average. That just doesn't happen. We want to be in defensive areas with strong balance sheets, earnings visibility, solid dividend yields and dividend payout ratios. And Rosenberg says the stock market bottoms 70% of the way into a recession and 70% of the way into an easing cycle. What's more important is that the Fed will pause and will then pivot. And he thinks that will happen in 2023. The Fed will shift its views as circumstances change. The S&P 500 low will be south of 3,000. And then it's a matter of time. The Fed will pause. The markets will have a knee-jerk positive reaction. You can trade. Then the Fed will start to cut interest rates and it usually takes six months or so after the pause. Then there will be a lot of giddiness in the markets for a short time, and then the market will bottom. That's the mirror image of when it peaks. The market peaks when it starts to see the recession coming. The next bull market will start once investors begin to see the recovery. But the recession's just starting. The market bottoms typically in the sixth or seventh innings of the recession, deep into the Fed easing cycle, when the central bank has cut interest rates enough to push yield curves back to a positive slope. That is many months away. We have to wait for the pause, the pivot, and for rate cuts to steepen the yield curve. That will be late 23, early 24. And Rosenberg said, there's not going to be a replay of 2008-9. It doesn't mean there won't be a major financial spasm, though. That always happens after a Fed tightening cycle. The excesses are exposed and expunged. I look at it more as if it will be a replay of what happened with non-bank financials in the 1980s, early 1990s that engulfed the savings and loan industry. I am concerned about the banks in the sense that they have a tremendous amount of commercial real estate exposure on their balance sheets. I do think the banks will be compelled to bolster their loan loss reserves and that will come out of their earnings performance. That's not the same as incurring capitalization problems, so I don't see any major banks defaulting or being at risk of default. But I'm concerned about other pockets of the financial sector. The banks are actually less important to the overall credit market than they've been in the past. This is not a repeat of 2008-9, but we do have to focus on where the extreme leverage is centred. It's not necessarily in the banks this time. It's in other sources, such as private equity, private debt, and they have yet to fully mark to market their assets. There's an area of concern there. The parts of the market that cater directly to the consumer, like credit cards, were already starting to see signs of stress in terms of the rise in 30-day late payment rates. Early stage arrears are servicing credit cards, auto loans, and even some elements of the mortgage market. The big risk to me is not so much the banks, but the non-bank financials that cater to credit cards, auto loans, and private equity and private debt. And Rosenberg says, unless private investment firms gate their assets, you're going to end up getting a flood of redemptions and asset sales, and that affects all markets. Markets are intertwined. Redemptions and forced asset sales will affect market valuations in general. We're seeing deflation in the equity market, and now in a much more important market for individuals, which is residential real estate. One of the reasons why so many people have delayed their return to the labour market is they looked at their wealth principally equities and real estate, and thought they could retire early based on this massive wealth creation that took place through 20, 2021. Now people are having to recalculate their ability to retire early and fund a comfortable retirement lifestyle. They will be forced back into the labour market. And the problem with a recession, of course, is that there are going to be fewer job openings. That means the unemployment rate is going to rise. The Fed is already telling us that we're going to see 4.6%, which itself is a recession call. We're going to blow through that number. 
All this plays out in the labour market, not necessarily through job losses, but it's going to force people to go back and look for a job. The unemployment rate goes up and that has a lag impact on nominal wages and that is going to be another factor that will curtail consumer spending, which is, in the US, 70% of the economy. So he says, my strong conviction is the 30-year Treasury bond. At some point, we're going to have to have some sort of positive shock that will arrest the decline. The cycle is the cycle, and what dominates the cycle is interest rates. At some point, we get the recessionary pressure. Inflation melts. The Fed will have to successfully reset asset values to more normal levels, and there will be in a different monetary policy cycle by the second half of 2024. That will breathe life into the economy and we're off to the recovery phase, which the market will start to discount later in 2023. Nothing here is permanent. It's about interest rates, liquidity, and the yield curve that has played out before. So, Rosenberg says, my strongest conviction is the 30-year Treasury bond. The Fed will cut rates, and you'll get the biggest decline in yields at the short end. But in terms of bond prices and the total return potential, it's at the long end of the curve. Bond yields always go up in a recession, inflation is going to fall more quickly than is generally anticipated, and recession and disinflation are powerful forces for the long end of the Treasury curve. As the Fed pauses and then pivots, and this Volcker-like tightening is not permanent, other central banks around the world are going to play catch-up, and that's going to undercut the US dollar. There are few better hedges against a US dollar reversal than gold. On top of that, cryptocurrency has been exposed as being far too volatile to be part of any asset mix. It's fun to trade, but crypto is not an investment. The crypto craze fund flows directed to Bitcoin and the like drain the gold price by more than $200 an ounce. So, he says, buy companies that provide the goods and services that people need, not what they want. So he's bullish on gold, physical gold that is, bullish on bonds, and within the stock market, under the proviso that we have a recession, you want to ensure that you're invested in sectors with the lowest possible correlation to GDP growth. Invest in 2023 the same way you're going to be living life in a period of frugality by companies that provide the goods and services that people need, not what they want. Consumer staples, not consumer cyclicals, utilities, healthcare. I look to Apple, he said, as a cyclical consumer product company, but Microsoft is a defensive growth technology company. You want to be buying essential staples, things you need. When I look at Microsoft, Alphabet and Amazon, they are what I would consider to be defensive growth stocks. And at some point this year, they will deserve to be garnering a very strong look for the next cycle. And you also want to invest in areas with a secular growth tailwind for example military budgets are rising in every part of the world and that plays right into defensive aerospace stocks food security whether it's food producers anything related to agriculture is an area you ought to be investing in and you want to be in defensive areas with strong balance sheets earnings visibility solid dividend yields and dividend payout ratios if you follow that you'll do just fine i just think you'll do a lot better if you have a healthy allocation to long-term bonds and gold Gold finished 2022 unchanged in a year when flat was the new up. In terms of relative weightings, that's a personal choice, he said, but I would say to focus on defensive sectors with zero or low correlation to GDP, a laddered bond portfolio if you want to play safe, or just the long bond and physical gold. Also, the dogs of the Dow fits the screening for strong balance sheets, strong dividend power ratios, and a nice starting yield. The dogs outperformed 
2022 and 23 will be much the same. That's the strategy for 2023, he said. So if, in fact, those analysts are correct, then first you've got to assume that the markets are still going to drop further than where they are. So that's very important to understand in terms of current position. But second, there's clearly some divergence of opinion as to where you go next. And that's the problem, really, because I think that many sectors are still highly exposed and there is really no risk-free path from here. So I think it's a time to be cautious and to watch for the signs. But certainly don't be supporting the view that it's only up from here. A recession is likely to be coming. Inflation has yet to be conquered. And at some point, sure, the Fed will pivot, but maybe they'll have to lift rates higher first. And by the way, that's also what we're going to see in other markets too. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching and I'll see you again next time.